Hi there, you're listening to the Crunchy Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Rosie, traditional Catholic wife and mother, bringing you messages of hope and encouragement during these crazy times that we're in. Here we'll talk about faith, motherhood, and natural living, but also all the areas in between. I want to help you not just survive motherhood, but thrive in it. In this day and age, we have so many resources at the tip of our fingers if only we put in the effort. I am a firm believer in personal development and always striving to put our best foot forward. Sometimes that means the more technical matters like baby wearing or sleep training, but it also refers to the most important matters such as prayer life and living out the truths of our Catholic faith. While all these resources are nice, I also know that it can be a bit overwhelming knowing where to even begin. That's why I'm here to help you find the balance between all the things that come with mom life while also living out your Catholic faith in a way that is pleasing to God and effective to the development of your soul and the souls of your children. After all, that's why we're here. All right, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hello, friends. I hope you are having a good and holy Lent season. If you are listening to this in real time, we are just a couple weeks shy of Holy Week and Good Friday, and shortly after that will be Easter. But I hope it has been a very prayerful and holy Lent for you. I personally feel like it went by really fast. Uh, At the beginning of Lent, I announced that I was going to be off of social media And I've made a couple pop-ins here and there to make some announcements, but mostly have been off. And with that was apparently also a total break from the podcast, which I wasn't expecting, but I was just following God's lead with prioritizing what needed to be straightened out in my life as far as some personal changes and adjustments. So today I want to share with you about the seven sorrows of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So a few months ago, I had a customer, also a family member, come to me and let me know that they wanted to discuss having a chaplet bracelet for the Sorrows of Mary made and added as part of my shop. So as things would unfold, we ended up, you know, collaborating on a good color scheme and what it would look like and how we were going to do it. And the result was just beautiful and completely like literally sold out in less than an hour. Um, I just really love how it came out. So today, finally, a few weeks later, I am here to share with you about the devotion to our sorrowful mother. And it's really interesting how timeless I feel like so many Catholic devotions can feel, which is almost a paradox because they're the most ancient traditions that you're going to find because they've been around for a very long time. Specifically, devotion to our sorrowful mother has been around for about 700 years. And yet, it's something that not everyone knows about. I personally, of course, I knew about our sorrowful mother, but I didn't really know like what meditations, what prayers could be said, what promises, what indulgences, all that stuff. And it's just so beautiful to me that there's always so much more to be discovered with regards to our faith, whether it's discovering a new devotion or simply discovering a new aspect of a certain devotion that you didn't necessarily know about. So I hope you learned something today. I'm going to share with you about the devotion and kind of personally for me how I just went from really not knowing a whole lot to, of course, doing this research so that I could put together the chaplet and have it be accurate. And it was just really special to feel that added appreciation for our sorrowful mother. And of course, the timing was just perfect that I ended up releasing the bracelet right at the beginning of Lent. 
And then actually, depending on when I publish this podcast, hopefully it'll be in the next few days. I'm recording here on March 23rd. It'll probably publish in a couple days. March 31st is actually a feast of our Sorrowful Mother, of the Seven Sorrows of Mary. And the reason I say a feast and not the feast is because she actually has two. So that was news to me literally as of today. Um, I did not know that. So the Friday before Good Friday is always devoted to Mary's seven sorrows. And depending on what Catholic calendar you're following, if you ever hear me referencing a feast or like especially a patron saint's feast day, I do follow the traditional Catholic calendar. So if you are referencing a calendar that has been changed in the last few decades, it might be different. So that might be why you're like, mine doesn't say that. And I actually do have a lot of people ask me, where can I find a traditional Catholic calendar? I will link in the show notes the website for my church's bookstore because they do every year, of course, sell a calendar, which is really handy to have on your wall to see who the saint of the day is and fasting days and all that. So next Friday, March 31st, is devoted to the Seven Sorrows of Mary, and then her other feast is September 15th. So the September 15th feast day might be the one that you know about, but the Friday before Good Friday, maybe you didn't know about because that was news to me. Okay, so what you might have heard of as far as prayers for the Seven Sorrows of Mary is the chaplet. So the chaplet is actually, it's a little bit lengthy. It's also called the Rosary of the Seven Sorrows of Mary or also the Mater Dolorosa Rosary, so Mother of Sorrows. There's a few different names for it, but basically it has a devotion for each sorrow of Mary and then seven Hail Marys after each of that. And what this customer of mine discovered was that there's also a shortened version of the chaplet. And you might be thinking, oh, you can't just like change your own prayers. It really is just shortening it and it's not changing the content of it. It really is simply making it a shorter version that is actually more doable. I personally can't commit to saying the whole sorrowful rosary, you know, the seven Hail Marys per sorrow. I don't think I would stay consistent with trying to do that every single day. So this shortened version, which is what I made the chaplet bracelet based off of, is very doable. It's just one Hail Mary per sorrow, and it's a lot easier to say. So that's what I'm going to kind of share with you is that you can do the shortened version, or if you wanted to, you could, of course, look up the full version. But the chaplet bracelet I have is simply a bead for the meditation portion and then a bead for praying the Hail Mary. And there's a few prayers at the very beginning and a short prayer at the very end. That's all. If you were to order one of these bracelets, like I include a printout, but if you were to look up the Sorrows of Mary and you wanted to start your own devotion, you'll probably find a lengthier version of the Seven Hail Marys per sorrow, or I will actually just include a free download of the shortened version because I did compile a very simple one-page little prayer card that you get if you purchase a bracelet, but I'll also just give you a download so that you can start praying it right away, especially if you are listening to this in real time, so that you can be meditating that as Lent is nearing its end here. Now, I want to circle back to how I was saying that this devotion feels so timeless, and I don't just mean that in the aspect of you know, there was parts of it that I didn't even know about, but also in the sense that even though our Blessed Mother and Jesus, of course, lived a couple thousand years ago, the aspect of motherhood, the bond that a mother has with her child is something that all of us mothers can relate to. And I think before I was a mother, when I read about the sorrows of Mary, I never connected with them in the same way that I do now that I'm a mother. So when you read them and you really meditate on them, and that's what 
when you pray the chaplet, that's really the most important part is simply having a deep and profound meditation on each sorrow. You can read the actual prayers provided, or you can literally just read what the sorrow is and then close your eyes and think about it and just think about what the heart of Mary was going through in that moment. And as mothers, the love that we have for our children is something that you know that no one else really understands that. I mean, maybe another mother because you know that that mother feels the same way for her children, but it's something that you've never experienced before until you have children. And so to imagine the heart of Mary for her son, Jesus, the son of God, I can't even wrap my head around the ache, the hurt, the heartache that she must have felt during every one of these sorrows. Imagine how you felt the first time your first kid fell and got hurt. It breaks your heart. You want to cry along with them. And that's just for getting a little scratch on their knee or something. If you've seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ, and you remember that scene when Jesus falls on his way to Calvary, and then it does that that beautiful little flashback of the child Jesus. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about this scene. I haven't watched The Passion yet for this year. I usually just watch it once a year because obviously it's very heavy to watch. And that flashback scene when the child Jesus falls and Mary is, I don't know, she's cooking something or washing something and just drops everything and runs to him and picks him up. It's so precious and so profound to just really capture the love of a mother for her child. And so to think when the sorrows were all the more so, you know, the prophecy of Simeon, actually, I'll just go through them right now, because maybe, maybe you have never heard of the sorrows of Mary, and you have no idea what I'm talking about. And none of this has as much context as it could. So I'm going to briefly read through them simply their titles, the prophecy of Simeon, the flight into Egypt, the loss of the child Jesus in the temple, Mary meeting Jesus on the way to Calvary, Jesus's death on the cross, Jesus's body is taken down from the cross, and the burial of Jesus. So those are the seven sorrows. And again, just as mothers and being able to relate so much more to these, there's actually a a post I made on my Facebook page. I'm just going to read it. Maybe you saw it, but maybe a refresher wouldn't be a bad thing. And maybe I'll repurpose this into a blog post. But for now, here goes. To the Catholic mama with the sick baby, I know this hurts. I know how hard it is to have to endure a circumstance that you didn't bring upon yourself. I know it breaks your heart to have to watch your little baby suffer, knowing there's nothing you can do about it. You know what was even more heartbreaking? When our Blessed Mother brought her precious infant Jesus to be presented in the temple and was told by a known prophet that in his adult life he would endure the world's most excruciating suffering, no control over the circumstance. Can you imagine? To the mama with the chronically ill child, I know it's exhausting to chase one appointment after the next, not knowing where or when you'll find answers, but continuing to put your trust in God, what faith it takes to keep going. To think of the faith that our Blessed Mother placed in St. Joseph and the will of God to flee to Egypt with a baby, the unknown, the long and exhausting days and nights. Can you imagine? To the mama with the preteen who seems lost or distant, I know it feels so unbearable to endure this seemingly intentional lack of love, wondering when the child you know and love will return to you, feeling like it's been forever already. To think of the utterly terrifying feeling when our Blessed Mother couldn't find her son, the Son of God, for three days, a terrifying fear crossing her mind, but trusting in God all at the same time. Can you imagine? 
To the mama whose teenage child is enduring unjust persecution, I know how badly you want to just take their pain away. You want to correct anyone who's doing them wrong and explain that your child is not guilty of these things, completely undeserving of this treatment. To think of the total helplessness Mary must have felt when meeting her son face to face on the way to Calvary, at a total loss of words, exchanging a knowing glance that try as she might, there was nothing she could do about the situation that had already unfolded. Can you imagine? To the mama watching your child suffer in any way, whether it's a relationship or sickness or finances or false persecution, way to be there for them. That takes an unheard of amount of strength and courage to watch them endure that cross knowing that you can't do anything about it. To think of the strength of our Blessed Mother as she stood at the foot of the cross, knowing full well that this was a completely barbaric act of punishment given so unjustly to the Son of God and her Son. Can you imagine? To the mama who's held a child in her arms, lifeless. I can't pretend to relate to this unimaginable pain, a pain that, as time goes on, heals and grows all at the same time, I bet. The complete despair you must have been troubled with in that moment, but also knowing it was the will of God. To think of the broken heart, the beyond crushed spirit of our blessed mother as they placed the body of her son in her arms, lifeless, her pillar of strength, her whole world dead in her arms. Can you imagine? To all the mamas who have had to finally let go and let God on any and all circumstances in your motherhood, I know it isn't easy. I know how badly you want to hold on so tight to the last bit of control that feels so difficult to surrender. You don't like not knowing what the future holds, but you place your trust in God anyway. To think of the moment when our Blessed Mother had to say goodbye to the body of her son, the anguish and confusion, wondering how this could be. Not wanting to say goodbye, but trusting God along every step of the way. Can you imagine? Friends, I am not saying that reflecting on the sorrows of Mary or any circumstance for that matter should belittle the crosses that we have to endure, but isn't it a beautiful thing that we can unite our suffering with the suffering of our mother when all seems lost and we're maxed out of our limited human willpower to keep going, feeling so alone, we can turn to Jesus through Mary for the grace to keep going. Remember that you are never alone. Most sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary, pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Okay, and that was the end of my Facebook post. I actually kind of forgot some of the wording there and it got me choke up. I honestly feel that sometimes when I'm writing things, I am just inspired by by God and the Holy Ghost to write what I write. And then when I go back and reread it, it touches me in a way as if I've never even heard it before. So I hope that you found that relatable and you found that helpful to find a way to connect to the devotion of our sorrowful mother in a way that is relevant in your present life as a mother, which actually brings me to another short story. This was maybe a couple of weeks ago. I was just having a rough morning. The kids not listening. The house a mess. I honestly have to say that this combination of events is usually the same. It's always the same thing that gets to me when I'm having a rough day. It's usually the same circumstance at home. Kids are not listening. House is a mess. It's just normal stuff. Usual day-to-day stuff. But because we don't see it as like this really big thing, we don't necessarily have the same mindset of offering it up. There's actually this poem I read somewhere that related 
these little sacrifices in life as splinters of the cross. And so when we're given an actual cross, say our kid having cancer or losing a loved one, something very big, and it's an obvious cross to bear, we almost bear it with more grace and more resignation because it is an obvious cross and we're willing to take the cross of Christ on our own shoulders. But when it's something smaller, a splinter, if you will, little day-to-day things that we have to do as our daily duties as a mother, We don't see them as a cross. We see them as little annoyances, and therefore we're less likely to offer them up with grace and resignation because we're not viewing them as, oh, this is the cross I'm given to bear. We're just annoyed and agitated by them, and slowly but surely they chip away at our character and our soul, and we're therefore not earning the graces for offering them up. So that is something that I always try to keep in mind, but of course, in this day of this short story, I was not remembering that, so things were getting to me. I was very frustrated, and then it was something else. I think something was spilt on the floor. And if something sticky gets spilt on our floors around here, very quickly, that stickiness becomes a yucky mess of dog hair. And if you haven't already heard me reference in other podcast episodes, my dog shedding is like, it really bothers me like so bad. (laughs) And I'm trying to offer it up, but I did not grow up with dogs. I did not know how much they shed. And when we got our dog, I we kind of planned on her being an outdoor dog. But she's so well-behaved and sweet that, of course, we just got swindled by her sweet little puppy dog eyes that she is officially an indoor dog. And her hair is always all over the place. So if something is sticky, it quickly becomes hairy. It's really gross. So I'm on the kitchen floor. The kids are probably running around and I'm scrubbing like so aggressively. You know, when you do that like rage cleaning, I was like scrubbing these sticky, hairy spots that I was so angry about. And I'm scrubbing and scrubbing and just thinking all these negative things in my mind. Like, why did they have to spill this? Why is there dog hair on it? Why am I having to do this? I don't want to be down on my knees right now. Blah, 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 blah. And I was suddenly flooded with that scene from The Passion of Jesus after the scourging, when our blessed mother, using her veil and the towels provided from Pontius Pilate's wife, and she's wiping up the blood of Jesus, her son. I feel like that moment needs a moment of silence. I just, I froze there, and I I couldn't even believe how whiny I was being. I was shocked at myself when I remembered the comparison. And I know some people say, you know, our crosses are valid and we can't always compare and say because it's less, it's invalid. I'm not saying that it was invalid, but boy, did it feel small when I compared to the sorrows of Mary and to that moment of her wiping up puddles and puddles of blood from her son being so unjustly scourged, the son of God. And suddenly wiping up those sticky dog hair messes weren't so bad after all. And the rest of my day, I just tried to maintain that mindset. And really that mindset, that comparison, offering everything up to Jesus through the sorrowful heart of Mary is something that we can carry with us always to help us through the sorrows of motherhood, whether it's a sleepless night or a sick child or our kids not listening, their strong will against ours, all the exhausting things that we endure are nothing in comparison. And our Blessed Mother is there for us. She knows what we're going through, and she's there to be our intercessor to God, to beg him for the graces to get through these things. And speaking of graces, I want to share with you the promises of having a devotion to the sorrowful heart of Mary. They're actually quite astounding. 
Okay, so I provide a handy little printout if you purchase one of these bracelets, and I'm just going to read right off of it the information that I compiled because it's already just here and ready to go. So Jesus Christ himself revealed to Blessed Veronica of Benasco that he is more pleased in seeing his mother compassionated than himself. He said to her, My daughter, tears shed for my passion are dear to me, but as I loved my mother Mary with an immense love, the meditation on the torments which she endured at my death is even more agreeable to me. So some might say focusing on Mary is unfit during this time of Lent. We should just be focusing on Jesus and, you know, his death on the cross. But as you can see right here with what he revealed to Blessed Veronica of Benasco, it is so pleasing to him that we have a devotion to our Blessed Mother and the sorrows that she endured. This next one is from St. Alphonsus de Liguri from The Glories of Mary. He says, A key to understanding the sorrows of Mary and thus consoling her is to recognize that the more she loved Jesus and she loved him perfectly, the more intensely sorrow filled her immaculate heart. Her martyrdom lasted 33 years, for St. Simeon revealed to her in excruciating detail what lay ahead for her dearest son, our Lord Jesus Christ. As such, all her joys became inexorably colored with sorrow. And she endured these pains perfectly with patience, humility, and obedience, offering them to Almighty God for the salvation of poor sinners. And next, this devotion passed on to St. Bridget is a list of the seven graces to the souls who honor our Blessed Mother's seven sorrows by praying the meditation. It says, I will grant peace to their families. They will be enlightened about the divine mysteries. I will console them in their pains and I will accompany them in their work. I will give them as much as they ask for as long as it does not oppose the adorable will of my divine son or the sanctification of their souls. I will defend them in their spiritual battles with the infernal enemy and I will protect them at every instant of their lives. I will visibly help them at the moment of their death. They will see the face of their mother. I have obtained from my divine son that those who propagate this devotion to my tears and dolors will be taken directly from this earthly life to eternal happiness since all their sins will be forgiven and my son and I will be their eternal consolation and joy. And lastly, these are four principal graces promised to those who have a devotion to our Blessed Mother's sorrows. This is also from the St. Alphonsus de Liguori Glories of Mary. This was revealed to St. Elizabeth. Those who before death invoke the Divine Mother in the name of her sorrows will obtain true repentance of their sins, that he will protect all who have this devotion in their tribulations and will protect them, especially at the hour of death, that he will impress on their minds the remembrance of his passion, that he will place such devout servants in Mother Mary's hands to do with them as she wishes and to obtain for them all the graces she desires. So as you can see, these are some pretty impressive and powerful promises and graces that we can receive simply by having a devotion to the sorrows of Mary. And that is why I was so excited and pleased to finally have this finalized product, even if you don't purchase the bracelet, but simply to download that shortened version of praying the chaplet to our Blessed Mother, especially as we're wrapping up Lent here and just being able to meditate on what Jesus went through, through the eyes of Mary and meditating on the sorrows that she felt in her immaculate heart. And ultimately, dear friends, just remembering that we as Catholics have the beautiful, wonderful privilege of our Catholic faith and all the resources, all the devotions that is part of it, and being able to have the devotion to the sorrows of Mary as a very special and unique way of offering up all the sorrows that we go through in motherhood. I hope that was helpful, and I hope that I inspire you to start this devotion, and I hope you have a holy remainder of your Lenten season. God bless you. 
Hey friend, I know your time is valuable, so I sincerely appreciate you tuning in today. If you feel so inclined, I always appreciate reviews on the podcast and I will always welcome shout outs on social media. My Instagram handle as well as private Facebook community are both linked in the show notes. Or what would be the most helpful is if you could just keep me and my mission here with the Crunchy Catholic in your prayers. I would appreciate that above all else. And of course, you my friends are always in my prayers. God bless you.